Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Little Church in Glendora, California. My name is Stephen Coppenrath. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I am your host. All right, well, we are honored to have one of our organization's most faithful and tenured leaders, Mr. Robert Gutzweiler, with us today. But you, we know him, as, as my kids do, as uh, Mr. G, or as we'll refer to him today, just as, as Bo. And Bo's been the principal and superintendent of Foothill Christian School for the last... 35 years? 34 maybe? 34 years. 1987. 1987, okay. Uh, Which is amazing. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, So welcome, Bo, to Footnotes. I'm so glad you're with us today. Yeah, Footnotes. Uh, Glad to be here. It's quite an honor, actually. And, you know, when you start, you know, using uh, dates like 1987 it yeah. was a long time ago yeah. and it's become my life's work so it's been a, a joy to serve it at foothill and uh it's been an adventure it's been it's been a great ride that's awesome and uh so recent events with COVID and everything has been unique in, in its own way but um but yeah i've just really been uh, a privilege to be part of the foothill family for all these years yeah it just means in in a more rich sense you've kind of seen it all in a lot of ways. You've kind of seen the ups and downs of education and school and all that. So Yeah. Well, every year, you know, I, I you know, as we pray for the start of a new school year, it's right. always, okay, some things are going to be similar, but there's always things that are, yes. you didn't see coming. Right. And, uh, and that, that keeps you fresh, I guess. Absolutely. Well, uh, just by, by way of introduction, just tell us a little bit more about your family a little bit. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm married to my wife, Vicki, for 40 years. Uh, we we yeah. celebrate our 40th uh uh, anniversary this past summer mm-hmm. and uh, have three daughters grown married seven grandkids uh, six of whom actually attend Foothill Christian School or the preschool yeah. so that's kind of cool that's now great that they're here and I'm getting to watch them uh, move through the, the school uh, grades that's awesome that's awesome yeah Bo and Vicky have been a long time coming to partners at Foothill Church as well and served in numerous areas and um, as I mentioned and as he mentioned spent spent most of your professional career mm-hmm. really um, at the school growing adding to the quality, the reputation of Foothill um, in many ways. And so um, so FCS, Foothill Christian School, started in 1964. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. right? Um, and some people may not realize, um, obviously, this podcast is for our church family in many ways, people who attend our church, who listen, listen in on conversations. And some people may not realize that the school is absolutely an extension of our mission as a church to the mm-hmm. community. And so, um, Bo, just to kind of start off, would you tell us a little bit about maybe some of those early days? Now, I realize you weren't there in 1964. <laughs> 64 is a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, when you did start at Foothill, what was the school like back then? I mean, compare it to today a little bit. Yeah, well, it was a good school. It was a strong school. And so that was nice. Uh, and uh, it, um, it, the facilities, uh, there was only two campuses, the Baseline right. Campus and Grand Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the facilities were just not, they were subpar. Okay. Uh, and so uh, that was something that needed to be improved. That, my first year was the first year the gym was built. Okay. okay? Wow. I was like actually the second uh, year, be the first full year the gym was, was available. And uh, the, there was only uh, two junior high classes, uh, one seventh and one eighth grade class. Mm. And uh, we had to grow that. And uh, programmatically, there weren't as many um, enrichment or elective type uh, courses. Right. So the, the co-curricular aspect of the program uh, had, had a, a lot of growth and yeah. uh, needed to, uh, to be developed. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you came on, were you the, the principal to start off with? Or were I was. You the, yeah, just from the I start? I was, yeah. Right? yeah. You know, I, I was pretty young. Yeah. And uh, I know that um, the, the board took a chance on me, mm. you know. I felt uh, I felt called here. And yeah. that's an incredible story in and of itself. Mm. And um, uh, But, uh, you know, when you come to a board meeting and uh, you know God told you you're supposed to be here. Mm. So it's like, uh, but the board has to figure that out yeah, themselves, that, right? God has to tell um, the board that same thing yeah. too. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so it's been, uh, that's, that's been cool. That's awesome. You know, I, I remember hearing in my youth about Photo Christian just by reputation. Um, as you may remember, I went to Pomona First Baptist or First Baptist mm-hmm. School yeah. in Pomona and we played football and basketball against you guys. And I remember um, hearing about Foothill and, and we were, um, let me see. First Baptist School was the Panthers, okay. and you guys were the Eagles, right? And uh, but that's changed now this year, right? Yeah, yeah. We are we, now, yeah, we're the Falcons. Falcons, yeah. And that was a big change. It was yeah. hard for me to kind of accept that. I've always envisioned, you know, us uh, known us as the Eagles. It right. was hard to envision us as something else. But there was the the athletes, the coaches were pushing for a change because seven out of the ten schools in our sports league, yes. they're yeah. all Eagles. Yeah. And so we were looking to separate ourselves a little bit from the crowd. So I let the kids uh, vote and the, and the staff vote. And it was overwhelmingly in favor of, of that change. So yeah. it's going to take a little getting used to. So this is our first year yeah. as Falcons. What a, what a fun conversation. I mean, there's, there's probably not that many biblical animals to try to choose from the start of war so it's like at some point it's like let's just go falcons yeah let's just go go for it yeah well we just went with the alliteration yeah. foothill falcons you know someone said foothill ferrets but you know there yes. were a few we just, just ruled out right away <laughs> that probably doesn't work as well yeah. well uh, you know I, I i value christian education my kids go to full christian school i went to private school had the privilege and honor doing that personally um but bo would you tell us a little bit about the mission of our school specifically, and maybe articulate even the value of Christian ed in this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christian education is core to who we are. I think uh, God intended his children to be educated in a system that honors him mm. and um, and includes him in every aspect. So from from the arts to zoology, we need to uh, incorporate or integrate faith and learning. So we want our kids to know that there is a God. And he loves them and he invites mm-hmm. them into a personal relationship with him. Okay. And uh, so we have the, the challenge to help them to understand, to be able to discern on their own uh, right from wrong. And uh, we want them to own their faith. We don't want them to succumb to peer pressures or cultural pressures that, uh, that are, they're bombarded with in the media and in youth culture. And so we want to help guide them through that and come alongside so that uh, they know how to think and live and love based on what the Bible teaches. That's good. Yeah, that's that's definitely obvious when you are a part of kind of the culture at Photo Christian School, those those things you're talking about. Okay, I want to give you permission here to just brag a little bit, uh, put on your you know proud dad or granddad hat almost, of, and think about some ways that you're especially proud of uh, the school, especially in the last few years. What are some areas you've seen the grace of God just go, go ahead of us and, and, and move in ways in our school? Yeah, good question. You know, I was at an administrator's conference, and they said, what's caught at your school, not necessarily hmm. taught? Yeah. And I, wow, never had it posed that way. Uh, and the first thing that came to my mind was um, our kids' worship. 
Mm. Uh, they're animated. Uh, they embrace, uh, and uh, and so I, I think that's you would think that would be expected, but right. it's not always the case. Yeah. So I love uh, you know the 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 faith in action programs, uh, the missions trips to the Dominican Republic. The, we've reached out to the Navajo Nation. We've done some urban plunge things with the uh, Union Rescue Mission. So I really appreciate really the 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 culture of, uh, developing kids' faith. And uh, I think that's uh, I, w- I would have to start there. Yeah. But uh, but beyond that, you know, Foothill, we're big on uh, technology yeah. and we're uh, big on the arts. So I think there's been some growing distinctives for us in those two areas. And so, for example, uh, in the arts, you know, we have uh, a strong orchestra program. Yeah, there's probably absolutely. 120 kids that that uh, that are in the orchestra wow. and our top orchestra, not this past spring, but a year ago spring, uh, actually performed at Carnegie Hall. And so that was really a, a, a kind of a really a milestone. Wow. And our theater group is yeah. strong. Um, and so the fine arts and art, those are those are big. And yeah. I think um, those some of those are flagship programs. That's cool. Student families enroll their kids here specifically for those programs. And of course, technology, you know, you have to just stay up on technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we've got uh, a, a lot of uh, technological resources that enhance the learning. It's a great time to be teaching because right. I don't have to talk about you know, volcanoes. I can show clips of one erupting and, and all the things that uh, you can do now with uh, interactive smart boards and all of this. So the teachers have a lot of lot of tools yeah. uh, in their toolkit. Yeah, th- those tools are, I'm, I'm sure, especially this year, pretty mm-hmm. helpful to where we're at yeah. in terms of this global pandemic. and Because this year has been different. And mm-hmm. so I, as I think about the way that God has helped us and helped the school and the leadership there, um, just to put that bug in your ear yeah. or maybe other administrators' ear to to make sure that we have what we need technologically. Um, so take us a little bit behind the scenes um, for this year, though. How has this year been different in preparing? I mean, obviously it's different in so many ways, but how how has the mentality looked like for you and your staff as you thought about the fall of 2020, um, technology, the way that teaching happens, all of those things? Yeah, well, you know, the pandemic when it comes to education aspect of that um we couldn't do what we are doing you know five years ago right and maybe some of the technology was there but not like it is today so when when we um went into distance learning you know our teachers stepped uh, into that space very proud of them i think they did a great job i agree yeah Uh, but then but then you know uh, as we approached this the opening of the school year uh, we realized that there was room for improvement. As good as it was, and as much as our families appreciated it, we realized it had we had to step up our game. Hmm. And so uh, our teachers really devoted themselves. Even over the summer, they just started uh, uh, developing, you know, reading and putting things together, so that in the end they could they could deliver an instructional program that the, the make sure the kids are learning and meeting their learning goals and mastering those concepts for each grade level, Absolutely. but creatively. And so they're, they're prepared to give the kids uh, a good experience uh, that also includes the relational and, 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 the, and the connectivity side of things. Right, right. Yeah, I got to say just as a... Um as somebody who receives the, the benefit of, you know, my, my kids go to a photo Christian school and there's this element of realizing there's a lot behind the scenes mm-hmm. that, that happens on the school side, the administrative side, teachers preparing to offer up whatever we're doing this fall. And uh, things change so fast as well. Mm-hmm. And so not only putting our best foot forward, but having another foot behind us ready to go as well with plan B and plan C as well. Yeah. As, as we were been on this journey, 
um, information would come to us and we were always in a kind of a reactive mode mm-hmm. to what we were learning. And, uh, and it was always a scenario plan. If this, then that, and the variables were a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like every time given the information we had that we would make some announcement, uh, a, a day later, sometimes literally same mm-hmm. day, we had to retract that statement because, uh, things changed. Uh, in fact, going back to the, the school closure back on March 13th, mm-hmm. I remember the day. Yeah. That morning, I sent out a communication to our families. Oh, hey, some things are changing, but here's right. what we're, the path we're going. <laughs> and then by that afternoon, stop, uh, you know, change the plans, you know, yeah. come pick up your child. We're shutting the school down wow. uh, yeah. under mandate. And so that's how quickly things change. And even yeah. now, there's, we still have some of that going on. Mm-hmm. So now, can schools reopen in person? Uh, does it have to be a hybrid program? Can schools get the waiver? And so we're at that point now where it looks like the waivers are going for LA County are become, going to become an option. And so um, my hopes have been dashed on the COVID rocks more than mm-hmm. once, yeah. you know. And and I think that's been part of uh, part of the the key part of the journey is because, you know. Um, when you've been disappointed, you know, how long does it take you to recover? And, and I think we've had to, to recover from disappointing news along the way. And God has helped us with that. We had to pick ourselves up mm. and uh, kind of uh, re- reposition, kind of reboot and maintain positivity and hope mm. and all of that for ourselves mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then and then to our students and families. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of those things that you really realize that the the weight of leadership really hits you in these moments because it's not so much about just self-motivation or seeing uh, things clearly from, you know, God help me with today personally, but as a leader we're also uh, we have the, the opportunity, but also the burden to, to be able to lift others up with that vision at, at the same time. And so yeah, I, I've seen you guys do a really good job of that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah real quick. I was, uh, was reading the story of David and his mighty men. David uh, was outside uh, of, of Bethlehem and uh, the Philistines were in, in, uh, in Bethlehem. And, and he wistfully just said, you know, oh, what it would be like to have a drink from the wells mm-hmm. of Bethlehem, you know, and some of his mighty men. So, you know, they look. They got the idea under the cover of dark at night. They snuck through the the enemy lines, got water, brought it back to David, right? And David poured it out. Uh, he said he wasn't like worthy to drink it. It was like he poured it out as a drink offering. You don't know a lot about. You read a lot about drink offerings, but what I do know about those is that often they were uh, a supplement or a complement to a, a, another offering, maybe mm. the a sin offering, like the lambs and the goats. They were poured on top of it. And you mentioned leadership, and this is why I went to this story, is because I see my role. Uh, the, the teachers have. They, they are living sacrifices. They are dedicating themselves to the call of, of God in their lives on Christian education. And they're, they're putting forward a lot of sacrifices, right? And my job as a leader is to come along and, and pour the drink offering on top. And I think it just complements and actually kind of completes maybe uh, their sacrifice. You know, as I was thinking about uh, you, Bo, and just uh, the, the way that, you know, I haven't been here nearly as long as you have, um, coming up in 13 years this is December, but since the beginning, I've always seen how when you walk into a room, there's this sense that people respect you, they want to hear what you have to say, and, and um, you know, even in, in years before, you know, Pastor Chris came, uh, especially for the school crowd, there was a sense that you were 
acting as a as kind of a pastor to mm-hmm. a lot of our families, and yeah. um, it's been a joy to see see kind of behind the scenes and how you you lead in those ways. One of the things that we can talk a little bit about is. I just want to ask you, how would you encourage families in this season? Um, obviously, the people listening right now mostly attend Fiddle Church, but maybe they don't attend Fiddle Christian School. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have uh, maybe a great a great teacher or, or leader to look towards as far as that kind of educational umbrella. And so if you had the opportunity right now to, to sit with a family, you know, FCS or not, how would you encourage them as they enter this, this school year? Well, um, uh, yeah, you're right, Stephen. It, huge pressures people are under. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, the, the main thing I would say, nobody asks for this, hmm. right? And, um, and everybody's been kind of thrown into it. And I would just encourage people uh, to, to be patient with hmm. the teachers, right? Don't be so judgmental on the quality of instruction. And, you know, we've all dealt with Zoom meetings, right? And, uh, and uh, I've been in some, and, and you know, it, it almost never fails. Something can go wrong, yeah, right? And then they, they do and say, well, what happened that time? I've used Zoom all these times and, yeah. and in this case and now teachers are dealing with links to learning and and um, and uh, and connecting kids to you know through like Google classroom mm-hmm. and so there's a process so the beginning of school be extremely patient because the teachers have to help the kids and parents learn the routines that's true and when you're when you're teaching in person but allow time for the routines don't be so um, anxious for the academic piece to happen so quickly that traction and that progress will come but you got to build the infrastructure of the learning so that the, there's a, it's, it's seamless and there's an ease in, in using that so I would say really uh, be patient but secondly I think everybody needs to and maybe more importantly is everybody needs to approach this from a trauma informed perspective hmm, what does that mean and, and yeah. what I mean by that is we need to recognize that the kids have experienced some some level of, of of uh, trauma caused by, by COVID. I mean, Mm. they are experiencing, and we don't always see this, right? Right. Um, We don't recognize it. We forget how deeply and profoundly kids feel, but they're, they're feeling anxiety about health and family. We had a situation last year where a student reported that they thought their grandmother was dying. She was having a hard time. So their grandmother was, had COVID and it turned out not to be true, but that's how it was. It was right. It was the heightened sense of anxiety that meant that the slightest thought pushed her in that direction. They're worried about their parents losing their job or finances because parents aren't hiding these things from the kids and, and nor should they. I'm just saying right. they're, they're aware and you yeah. people may not be aware. They're, you know, the emotional issues, Stephen, that um, are caused by a disruption in relationships. Right. Uh, that's real. Yeah. And uh, and we need to recognize that. And that abrupt ending in March mm-hmm. um, was 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 hard for yeah. everybody. It was and, traumatic. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And so the loss of relationships for kids uh, was harder than most people realize. So they're grieving a yeah. loss of routine yeah. uh, as well. And uh, especially those when transition years, uh, they were going to high school or they missed sure. a graduation. Yeah. So there's a lot of that lingering. So I think the key thing is to um, support them, to tune into yeah. to those kinds of things. And then, and then, um, don't expect the teachers to do all the teaching. Mm-hmm. Be part of of helping to extend and enrich mm-hmm. the child's learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, homeschool families do this well. They they find ways to to make learning a joy. Yeah. And if parents can have a positive attitude and not get frustrated with it, that gets transferred to the kids. And mm-hmm. then, then I think it makes for a better experience for yeah. everyone. Yeah, that's good. I think that you know one of the ways that I've kind of seen these last few months. Um, 
through this lens of if we're really going to get through this together, uh, whatever community you're in, whether it's church or school or, you know, whatever that looks like for you, there has to be a level, speaking to your first point, of, of giving people the benefit of the doubt. That, mm-hmm. that when it comes to being patient with folks, it's yeah. like, hey, man, my, oh, my teacher's an idiot because A, B, and C. Well, or your teacher's right. human and, right. and they're dealing with the rough morning too and they're trying to get their kids to school or set up on their laptops as well, the same right. as you are. And, and just giving people this, this opportunity to think through like, hey, can we be empathetic to, mm-hmm. to what everyone's experiencing with the trauma that you brought up uh, mm-hmm. later on? And, and, and you know what, Stephen? We're going to come out of this. And it's scriptures like out of the Psalms where it says, God, he led us through the, through the waters, mm-hmm. the deep waters, but he brought us out to a wealthy place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good that will come in the end if we invest wisely in our kids. And, uh, and so there's a lot of this to have post-COVID value. Mm-hmm. And the life lessons, relying on God. Uh, and uh, developing those relationships, I think, and cultivating it in our kids, those have a lot more value mm. than this short period of time we're experiencing this. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, usually we have some type of, of action step. One of the things that I just want to encourage our listeners to do in this season is, um, if you would, uh, just be praying. Be praying mm-hmm. for Mr. G, yeah. uh, for the administration at Photo Christian School. Uh, be praying for um, just the learning opportunities we have on our campus. And, and also just as um, you all are thinking about uh, leading your families through this time um, educationally, uh, just know that our church is praying for you as well. Uh, a couple questions, okay. speed round that we've been doing the last few weeks. Uh, what's a, maybe a book or a resource that you would point people towards uh, that you've listened to lately, that you've immersed yourself in lately, that you would su- suggest to other people? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I try to read a classic novel every summer. And okay. so I just read yeah. um, uh, Hemingway's Farewell to Arms. And so right. I, that, I'm not necessarily recommending that. I'm not going <laughs> to comment on Was that Ernest. your first time reading it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not going to comment on Ernest Hemingway, a Pulitzer Prize winner. It sure. says, would say more about me. Me than him, okay, yeah. but I would not recommend it. No, I, I, there's. I'm going to read a couple more just to make sure I really understand him as an author. But I would say I I, I read a book called Beauty Will Save the World mm. by Brian Zond, if I'm pronouncing that right. And it's basically the the subtitle is Rediscovering the Allure and the Mystery of Christianity. That okay. caught my attention because mm. we're big on the arts and we did yeah. that, that bias, bigotry, and bully exhibit. And basically what he's basically saying is that in, 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 a, in a, a Western post, uh, post-Christian uh, world, um, materialism, uh, religion sometimes is, is more about power and political power. Those are the exact things that Christ resisted. Mm during his temptation in the wilderness. And so how to re- rediscover or connect the arts and beauty? Because the gospel is a beautiful story of God's love mm-hmm. uh, for his son and for his world. And, uh, and so we, uh, there's the, the author tries to reclaim that aspect That's of great. the gospel. So it's really great. a great book. We'll make sure to put those in the show notes. Um, uh, another question, you know, with the time at home, like, like many people, I've seen projects around the house that just have needed work. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, are you are you personally kind of more of a, when it comes to projects, more of a go to Home Depot, buy the supplies, do it yourself <laughs> kind of guy? Or do you like to hire professional help? Uh, well, I break more things when I'm trying to repair them. And I know that's a kind of a common <laughs> adage, but 
I could start a comedy routine, okay, okay. On, on my... Well, give us an example. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I tend to break them, right? So, well, one time I tried to fix uh, my sprinkler system okay. uh, using uh, Kaiser rolls. Like the bread? The bread. Bread rolls. The okay. bread rolls. And so... You got you to gotta, like, fill in the blanks there. Okay, what do you okay. mean? <laughs> So I was trying to put the cap on the on the different uh, sprinkler, uh, the the main part. I don't even know the words for these things, right? But it kept leaking water, and I couldn't get it to seal. And so I thought, well, what could I put to stop the water from leaking? So I thought, I'll put some bread in there because the bread would dissolve, <laughs> and, but, and then I can I can put the wet cement on whatever it is that seals it so it doesn't okay, leak. Okay, right? I'm kind of following you, you following there. Yeah, that logic. Well, I put wheat bread in, and it it didn't work. Right? right, it dissolved too quickly. I couldn't get it to seal, so I literally went to the grocery store, got Kaiser rolls, and stuffed them in there, thinking that would help. You know, and uh, in the end, I found out that they make a, a product that allows you to put on the PVC pipes okay. while they're wet. Yes. And it will then still still um, seal it and, and, you know, kind of uh, wow. uh, make sure it doesn't leak. I didn't know that. The, but the funny part, it was, a to- it was like a total Seinfeld episode because <laughs> later that day, Vicky comes down and she's in the kitchen. She goes, oh, Kaiser Rolls, who bought those? <laughs> Boom, 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 right? And, uh, so For what purpose? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I could go on and on, but I, I, I um, have lost my motivation to do a lot of Okay, we're, we're hiring out now. That's, hiring that, out, that's yeah. the stage of life we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's good to know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, anyway, Bo, thanks so much for your leadership and for your example in the season. Um, appreciate you and your time, and thanks for being on Footnotes. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, we're out of time, but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes. Be sure to subscribe and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. Oh, Kaiser Rolls, who bought those? (laughs)